You're listening to KCOU Columbia, 88.1 FM. Welcome to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM. It's a brisk morning here in Columbia, but we're happy you are all with us, whether you're listening on your car radio, online, around the world, wherever you are from. Welcome to the weekly walkthrough. It's 11.01 a.m. on Sunday. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Ethan. Yeah, really beautiful day outside. Definitely a little chilly, but let's get right into it. We'll start with college football from yesterday. And before we get into the Missouri Tigers versus Tennessee Volunteers game, we'll first talk about the college football playoff. It's, it was announced that the college football playoff would remain the same. And I just want to know, what do you, do you think about them not expanding it for this year? You know, COVID-19 or not, pandemic or not, you know, the risk of people playing or not short seasons or not, I'd love to see the college football playoff expanded. No, I, I, I think you know we should have more than four teams in it in a normal year. So absolutely, I, I think it should have been expanded. I don't know if it should have been expanded because it's just another one of those things that would have gotten harder to manage. You know, just having more teams in a playoff system, having more teams play. I understand why they wouldn't want to experiment, but this would be the year to experiment if you wanted to. So if you wanted to experiment, then this was certainly the year to do so. Say, I'd, I'd absolutely love to see more college football playoff games than just the three that we have but the problem with that is and when we look at the semifinal games especially are those competitive football games a lot of the time when you watch them it depends on who's playing but you know when you see an oklahoma team in there or a pac-12 team in there usually not anytime a big 12 team plays or a pac-12 team plays they usually get blown out the only real exception was baker mayfield when he was playing georgia and they went to overtime and they had the bad play calling and all that, and they let Georgia come back and beat them. But usually, I mean, we remember when TCU went, they got destroyed. Michigan State's gotten destroyed. I mean, this is a really short lifespan of the college football playoff. And if you go through the games, you're seeing a lot of blowouts. So it's very tough to argue that, oh, college football, really, we're not getting the best talent out there. No, the best talent, when they go up against each other, it usually ends badly for one team. There's usually blowouts. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. You're not wrong. <laughs> in, in, in history, we've seen it. But, I mean, a, a lot of those games are also, you know, more competitive. I'd love to be able to see, you know, Georgia and Alabama and, you know, an LSU from last year in there. <laughs> no, of course. Because those teams are, are are fun to watch and, you know, all that good stuff. You know, I, I think more expansion leads to uh, leads to better games, at least in the first round. Would you agree? Because you'll have teams that are, you know, you'll have more teams, so the odds that you get a better matchup and a more even matchup will be much higher. Yeah, you could definitely make that argument. I just think there's usually one or two teams that are always the best, and then there's a big drop-off. That was more or less my point, that there's big drop-offs. Like, what what Oklahoma, what happened to them against LSU, I mean, that was criminal. Joe Burrow just destroyed them. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was supposed to be the fourth best team in the country. Yeah, and I don't think they were. But that was just my case. You think it should be expanded for experimental sake. I think it's okay to just stay where it is at the moment and see if we can get a bigger pool of 
talent in, across college football other than just one or two teams. But we can move on to it'll, the Yes, game. it'll surely be interesting to see if they do expand it here in the next couple of years or not. And then last or yesterday, the 11 a.m. game, Mizzou got trampled by Tennessee 35-12. to 12. What were your thoughts on the game? Um... I think that the one positive takeaway that we can take from from this game yesterday was the fact that Connor Bazelik should be the starting quarterback for here on out this season. Shouldn't be Sean Robinson. Connor Bazelik, you know, definitely has the ability to get it done, and he made a lot of good throws yesterday. A uh, big problem that plagued the Mizzou offense was drops and receivers not being able to catch balls that they should have caught. And, you know, Connor Bazelik put the ball on the money a lot, and there were a lot of drops. So uh, if that gets figured out, you'll see, uh, you know, much more of an improvement on the numbers that Bazelik put up yesterday if, if, if receivers can catch the ball. And, you know, the one interception that he threw wasn't a great decision. But, I mean, that'll happen. The game was effectively over at that point anyways. So I wouldn't say effectively. It's a 12-point game. There's 12 minutes left. Or it's a two-score game. They were down by 16. Two-score game, you're driving. Not a good time to throw a pick with 12 minutes left. Not a good time. That was just one blemish, though. That was it. I thought he played a very very good game other than that. And in the running backs for Mizzou, they rely heavily on them yet again this year with Larry Roundtree with 84 yards with a 4.7 average. I mean, that's impressive. He had a touchdown as well. Tyler Beatty had the nice wheel and, route. And those guys have been, have been here and been a huge part of the offense since you know you and I started school here. Of course. With, with, you know, DeMarie Crockett and and then Larry Roundtree and Tyler Beatty have been a huge part of the offense so far since since we've been, you know, students here at the university. Yeah, I mean, they put up over 100 yards, just them two combined. And Tyler Beatty, like I said, had the nice wheel route. He had 44 yards just receiving. Didn't run the ball very well on the ground, but that's what Larry Roundtree's more used for anyways. It's his job to run up the middle. <laughs> and the defense, they could not stop the run yesterday. I mean... Goodness, they gave up 232 rushing yards. They with did. A four and a half yard average across the entire it team. It was not fun to watch. <laughs> I mean, you knew it was coming, too. You knew that they were going to run the ball, and they just couldn't stop it. And, you know, hats off to Tennessee's offensive line, hats off to Tennessee's running back, but the Mizzou defense just needs to play better against the run. And the Missouri defensive backs, it looked like they struggled to locate the ball, especially on some of those jump, jump balls and balls that were just kind of lofted up a lot of times. It looked like they were, quite frankly, just thrown up for grabs for a Missouri DB, and they couldn't come down with it. And that, you know, turnovers are a big part of the game. It sealed the deal for Tennessee in the fourth. And obviously, if you're going to pick a MVP of this game for the Missouri Tigers, it would have to be Nick Bolton with 17 tackles on the defensive side. Uh, we know how good he is. We've known how good he is for years now. And, you know, he's he's continues to show that he is one of, if not the best linebacker in college football uh, for this season and right now. So keep looking for him to play that well or better for the rest of the season, although I'm not sure how much better you can play than 17 tackles. <laughs> but moving on, we had TCU and upsetting Texas for the second year in a row. They beat the number 9 Longhorns 33-31. to What did you make of this game? I don't know. How much did you watch of it? I watched... I watched like the fourth quarter or so because I was watching uh, Mizzou before it, of course, and uh, they were kind of happening along the same time. TCU, you know, 
they got the stop they needed. They were they were in the game. They were in the lead. They got a stop on the goal line. They forced a turnover. Huge play in the game, of course. But I think a lot of this comes back on Texas. I don't. I just don't understand why we why you know we decide to rate Texas so high. <laughs> you know, Texas being the top team, top ten team in the country. I don't think that's true. It feels yeah. a little premature. I don't think that's true because what if what have they shown us this season? They well, did really a, they in recent did, memory. Yeah, and they did effectively the same thing last week with Texas Tech, except they were just barely able to to sneak out a win in overtime. But you know they should have lost that game as well. So so Texas, you know, I think it's I think it's a, a problem that they continue being rated in the top ten because you know. Sam Ellinger is 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 fine, but he's not an elite quarterback. Tom Herman's not a great coach, in my opinion. I just wow. yeah, I just, just disrespectful to everyone. I just don't think that they are as good as people always say that they are. I will say that Texas is in a rare position to where through three games that they're two and one, you're looking at them being a pretty mediocre team. But if they could turn it around from this point, because Sam Ellinger he didn't play terrible. He did no, he didn't. He had four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. He didn't have a great completion percentage. Absolutely not. But, I mean, the kid can play. He He's a good player. But but with Oklahoma having the two losses, the Big 12 is wide open for anyone to really win this Yeah, year. but what's going to happen with that? Big 12 is allowed to be wide open. Are any of those teams I'm making the, the college, college football playoff? Well, they have been in the past. I was going to say, but they shouldn't this year. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they have a chance to. The only two undefeated teams are Oklahoma State and Baylor. Let's look at Texas. For the rest of the season, the two ranked teams that they play are Oklahoma, who probably won't be ranked after this week anyways, going into their matchup next week, and Oklahoma State. So, yeah, maybe if maybe if Texas wins out, they'll make the college playoff football playoff. I don't think they should, even if they do win out. That's just my opinion, of course. You know, We'd have to see. We'd have to see who's there. I mean, they probably don't make it ne- like last year, but we'll we'll have to see what – where they're at, and I'm just saying it's a possibility. One loss teams make it. But moving on, we saw another Big 12 team get trampled. Yeah, let's talk about Oklahoma heading to uh, heading to Iowa State last night and losing that game. Spencer Rattler once again in the final two minutes of the game throwing a game-clinching interception for the uh, Oklahoma Sooners. What do you make of him so far? I, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point that we will not be seeing a, another Oklahoma quarterback win the Heisman this well, year. We didn't see Jalen last year either, which was sad. But, but three out of four will not be going to the no, Sooners. <laughs> no, Spencer Rattler didn't play a bad game. The pick was obviously cost, costly. He had a rushing TD. He had some good throws. He had some plays where where he was he was making good throws and good plays. But... Uh, but the, the Oklahoma defense is so bad. They 140 tackle. rushing yards and two touchdowns for Brees Hall, the Iowa State running back. Brees Hall is he he played really well last week as well. And he's, he's not you say he's not a bad running back, but still 140 yards and two touchdowns. He has come six on. TDs <laughs> this year. No, but like come on, Oklahoma, you know this is going to happen. <laughs> You're supposed to be the best team in the Big Twelve. <laughs> yeah, they don't recruit like Lincoln Riley. He needs to get better people on the defense. I don't know where the what the defensive players are ranked. They have to be at least somewhat decent. But what goes on with this? Every year we see Oklahoma has probably one of the best offenses in college football. And what do they do with it? Nothing. Because their defense is always so bad. I mean, can you recruit somebody or get some type of defense to where you can compete on a national level? You shouldn't lose to Iowa State. Though Iowa State with Brees Hall is very underrated, is a very underrated yeah, team. Absolutely. And this this outcome is 
is likely, honestly, a lot more years than people think. Iowa State puts together some pretty good teams every now and then, and this looks like one of those years with Hall. It'll be fun. They are currently 2-0 in the, in the Big 12, and you know after that abysmal loss in the first week of the season to, I forget even who they played, but uh, they're 2-1 and and 2-0 in the Big 12, so they are actually leading that uh, right now. So, other games around the country, of course, number three, Florida, trouncing South Carolina. They're on the Tigers schedule this year for Mizzou, so that'll be a fun game. Uh, Georgia, uh, showing Auburn, who was boss, beating him 27-6 in Athens. Uh, UCF losing to Tulsa, snapping the second longest active home win streak in the FBS after that one, after the 34-26 loss to uh, Tulsa, North Carolina sneaks by Boston College, 26-22. Arkansas snaps their conference losing streak uh, after a win over Mississippi State. Uh, and then, you know, only other important game I would consider important for at least us here at Mizzou right now is LSU riding the ship and trouncing Vanderbilt 41-7. to That was to be expected, though. But we, of course, do have LSU in the bayou next weekend. All right, you ready to move on to baseball? Unless you have anything else you'd like to talk to about college football here. No, we're good. I think we're. I think we touched on everything. All right. So heading to Major League Baseball, the first round, the wild card round, has finished. Uh, we'll take you through what happened in the American League and National League wild card, and then we will produ- uh, preview the AL. DS and NLDS rounds. Starting in the American League number one seed Tampa Bay Rays take down the Toronto Blue Jays in a two to nothing series. Went nothing unexpected here. Uh, Toronto was nice to see them in the playoffs. They haven't really uh, been competing in the playoffs since that ho- uh, iconic Jose Bautista walk or uh, home run in the playoffs with the bat flip and everything like that. So it was nice to see them there, but Tampa Bay, with their pitching staff, moved on easily. The New York Yankees defeated the Cleveland Indians after a very poor outing from Shane Bieber in Game 1. Nobody expected that one, but he was thoroughly outdueled by Garrett Cole and the Yankees' bats in that one, and the Yankees took that series 2 to nothing. The Houston Astros went up to Minnesota, swept the Twins, increasing the Twins' playoff losing streak to 18, making it the longest playoff losing streak in the four major American sports history. No one else has lost 18 straight playoff games in the history of any of the four other American sports. The Oakland Athletics went down 1-0 to the White Sox in that series uh, out in Oakland came back to battle back and win the last two games. Very interesting strategy by the White Sox, only letting their starting pitcher go two or two-thirds of an inning in that uh, game three. Dodgers in the National League handle the Brewers two to nothing. Uh, quality outing, outing from Brandon Woodruff in game two, but not enough help from the Brewers offense to take down any games from the Dodgers. The St. Louis Cardinals jumped out to a one nothing lead over San Diego, but Slam Diego came alive in game two and stayed hot in game three to take a 2-1 series there. The Miami Marlins ended the Chicago Cubs season at Wrigley Field. Miami winning that series 2 to nothing. The Marlins, once again, have never lost a playoff series in the history of their franchise. Seven straight playoff series wins. 7-0. When they get in, they win. Uh, and Atlanta defeating the Reds 2 to nothing, not allowing the Reds to score a run in that series. Okay, so let's discuss a couple of these series. Which one would you like to start with? Well, we can just start with... 
we can just start with the first one, I guess. I don't have much to say about Tampa and the Jays. Yeah, I don't. I, I guess, was going to say that one was pretty. That one was pretty expected. How did Bo Bich- did Bo Bichette play? Yeah, I mean, the the Blue Jays put up a fight, but you know, after after a close game one, you know, Tampa Bay blew it open with a grand slam in yeah. in, in game two and, yeah, and no, never looked back. Yeah, overmatched for sure. And then the Yankees. Everyone knows the Yankees are probably the most talented team in baseball, right up there with the Dodgers. When they're healthy, and Cleveland just didn't have a have a chance, especially after Bieber got Cleveland destroyed. Cleveland did have a chance, though. They they just kept they just kept giving up the big shot. They were very much in it, and and then the Yankees just you know hit a home run, doubled home a run, something like that, and and stretched the lead. The Yankees are like kind of like the Warriors in a sense like they're so talented like they didn't even need to try in the regular season they should be able to come out of the AL easily it'll be interesting because of course Tampa Bay did win that division and we will see those two teams play in the next round granted the Yankees did deal with a lot of injuries during the regular season but Tampa Bay does have the pitching staff to beat them I believe yeah we'll look at that we you want to go on to the twins Houston sure that was a fun. That was a fun series. Not if you're a Twins fan, of course. Not if you're a Twins fan. <laughs> and not if you're really a fan of baseball, because I don't really think anybody except for Houston Astros fans wanted to see the Houston Astros win this, this is, series. This is fair. So the Twins just shot themselves in the foot the whole time. They did, committing costly errors in later innings, giving up runs. Being relief pitchers give up runs late in games. Just an ugly, ugly series for Minnesota and the Minnesota fans. And I mean. All signs to point to them, to us seeing them in the playoffs again next year, the Twins. But I mean, not come on, they got to win. They got to win something. They got to win sometime. Not necessarily any changes though in like title contention. Well, there is a big free agency period coming up in uh, in the winter, especially with people like Trevor Bauer being free agents. So, you know, there is some there is some potential for change there. And then the Athletics and the White Sox. I mean, I figured, I personally thought Chicago was going to win this series. I did too, especially after taking game one. But that's Oakland. That's Billy Bean. That is, I mean, that is Oakland. And I think, let's talk about a little bit about the American League here. One of the series to watch is absolutely this Astros-A's series. Because these two teams play in the same division. They fought each other in the regular season. A lot of these players, you know, Ramon Laureano for the A's, have spoken out very critical of the Astros. Rightly so, of course. Justified. But, but uh, very, very critical of this Astros team. And this series is going to be hot. <laughs> this series is going to be hot. People are going to get hit. People are going to be jawing at each other the whole series. There's going to be a lot of trash talk out there on the diamond. It's going to be played hot. It's going to be a five-game series. It is a five-game series, okay. and it's going to be. It's going to be a fun one to watch. This is going to be a good one to watch. I'm very excited for it as well. I'm also excited to see what the Yanks do, especially just you know, they're the Yankees. It's always fun watching them in the playoffs, see what they do. So from the American League, who do you think is going to take the uh, the series here? I think the Yankees and the A's are going to win and then advance to the ALCS. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Rays and the A's. I'm going to take the Rays and the A's because I, I really like the Rays pitching staff. I really like their starting pitching staff. Yeah, that's their what bull, they said about Bieber. And then their, he got their, slammed. Their bullpen is good, and and they have you know guys that can step up and and you know deliver the big hits for them. So 
Uh, I'm taking Tampa. Uh, and and yeah, so Tampa and the A's is who I have in the ALCS mostly because I just don't want to see the Astros. The Astros have the talent to win that series. I just hope they don't. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, and we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to look more at the NL side of the MLB playoffs. You're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM, and we'll be right back. The shocking statistics are that one in five people in Boone County lives in poverty. Even worse, approximately 250 Columbia children are homeless. The Heart of Missouri United Way fights for solutions to improve lives by supporting 33 local organizations that strengthen the health, education, basic needs, and financial stability of our community. Join the fight today and live united by making your gift at uwheartmo.org donate. How was your day? Fine. Did you learn anything new? No. Anything I should know? No. Is everything okay? Yeah. Sometimes it can be hard to connect with teens. Use Connect With Me activity cards to deepen your conversations. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and other resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. And we are back. You're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Uh, it is 11.22 a.m. here in the Central Time Zone. We are very happy you're with us listening to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU. Okay, we were just talking about the MLB postseason. We finished the American League side. And we are now going to discuss... The National League side, the Los Angeles Dodgers took down the Milwaukee Brewers, of course. The Brewers coming into this postseason under 500. Uh, this was an interesting series, but it wasn't really that close. The Dodgers obviously showed that they were the better team. Clayton Kershaw produced a very quality start in the po- in the postseason. You hear so much about him not being able to p- pitch in the postseason. Well, he showed that he definitely can uh, earlier this week when he when he did shut down the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Milwaukee just, you know, wasn't a good enough baseball team to beat the Dodgers this year. I mean, it's possible the Dodgers have, the Dodgers have, you know, chinks in their armor in different places, but but uh, Milwaukee was not going to be the team to expose them. Of course, yeah, no, the Dodgers are, like I said before, one of the best teams in baseball, one of the most talented teams in baseball, and it's it's going to show. They're at least making it through the first round, at least. Next up, just down the or just yeah, just down the coast from LA was uh, the San Diego Padres and the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis came in uh, in Game One. St. Uh, the San Diego bats very quiet uh, in Game One, but uh, they came alive in Game Two with Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, hitting a three-run home run. Manny Machado following that up with a solo shot. Will Myers with two home runs. Fernando Tatis Jr. added another home run in that game. 
Uh, and, you know, Will Myers and Fernando Tatis Jr. became the first pair of teammates to hit two home runs in a postseason game since uh, Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig did it for the Yankees, you know, 80-something years ago. So, you know, a, a great series for San Diego. They had their backs against the wall. And in, in game game three of that series, they used nine different pitchers to finish nine innings of shutout baseball. That's ridiculous. That, uh, is, that is absurd. It, it was. And it, that's the definition of a bullpen game. They had the guys that they needed. Uh, they stepped up. They pitched well. You know, Trevor Rosenthal, former Royal, former Cardinal, got the save, got the close. Uh, and then San Diego took that series on. Next, we got the Cubs and the Marlins. Of course, this one, sad one for me, with the Cubs dropping both games to the Marlins at Wrigley Field, ending their season. This is a tough one. This is a tough one to swallow. I mean, but I mean, if if you're a Cubs fan and you didn't necessarily see this coming, you know, you weren't watching all season because the bats weren't good for for most of the second half of the season. You know, the bats weren't good. We, what happened, you know, in in game two of this series was a pretty accurate, you know, pretty accurate description of the season. I'd say, you know, you Darvish pitched seven and seven and change innings, gave up two runs. You know, unfortunately, he gave up two runs, one of them a home run right at the end of his start. Still a quality start from you. Great outing. Pitched very well. You know, you get to the ninth inning. You know, Jason Hayward doubles to lead off the inning, bringing the tying run to the plate. Three straight strikeouts for the Cubs. Once again, you know, just just the epitome of what happened for the Cubs this year. Jason Hayward and Ian Happ hit the ball well. That was it. rest of the team didn't perform well. Yeah, that's that's a fair. And, you know, the future for this team is, is up in the air now because – you look at everybody in that in that core four that they have. Their contracts are up at the end of next season, and we haven't seen any. Production. And there's been no extensions, and, and there's been no production on offense from pretty much any of them, and, and no success. And you, you correct. I mean, winning the division, yes, is successful, but it's not what they were looking for this season. Of course, you I mean you can't you can't shy away from winning the division being a good thing, but losing in the first round of the playoffs unacceptable, obviously. Missing out on the playoffs in game 163, you know, a year or two ago, losing out the division to the Cardinals before that. You know, it's just been it's just been a poor stretch for the Cubs since they were able to win the World Series in 2016. And this era that they have right now is is coming rapidly to a close with Theo Epstein, you know, the president, not being able to, or the Cubs not probably not going to bring him back because he is out looking for his next challenge, his contract up at the end of next season as well. There even have been rumors that he will be heading out uh, sometime this off season to work on a transition for a new president for the Chicago Cubs. So very sad ending to the Cubs season there, at least for me. I know a lot of people were happy to see him lose, but you know it makes me quite sad to see the end of this era. By the trade deadline next year, this Cubs team going to look very different. Unless, of course, all of their guys are hot and they think they can win another title, pieces are going to get moved. To uh, pieces are going to get moved so they don't lose out on everything. You know, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, all those pieces on the table. All right, I was going to let you. I was going to let you have your say your piece about it. And there we go. And then the last series we have to discuss on the National League side, the Atlanta Braves just dominating the Reds. Like you said, the Reds didn't even score a single run. So a lot of that was because incredible Braves pitching. Unbelievable Braves pitching. Max Fried in Game 1. I think his name was Ian Anderson who pitched Game 2 of that series. Just incredible. Just shut down pitching. 
I, I didn't expect to see this. The Reds are not a bad offensive team. I mean, they're not an elite offensive team, but they got people that can hit the ball there. You know, Eugenio Suarez. Yasiel Puig. They don't have Puig anymore. Uh, Nick Castellanos. Uh, all of that stuff. I mean, they, they, got, they got people that can, that can smack the ball around there. And it just didn't happen. And at the end of at the end of game two, the the Braves blew it open, but it didn't look like the it didn't look like the Reds were going to score a run anyways. Like Braves could have won that game one nothing too because the, because the Reds just didn't put up a threat at all, which was surprising to me. Of course, I I actually picked the Reds as my upset pick last week, so I mean it was it was quite surprising to me that they weren't able to muster a run, wasting of course a great Trevor Bauer start in a. A Trevor Bauer starting game one. Yeah, and that def- game went 13 innings. Yeah, you definitely want to score at some point throughout a two-game stretch. You definitely want to put up some type of point, some some type of score to at least put you in a say, position to win a game. It was a nightmare for both the American League and National League Central divisions. Of course, Reds not putting up a run. Cubs putting up one run in two games. The Cardinals getting their offense together in game two of that three-game series. But you know, still ending up losing and then putting up nothing in game, in game three. The Brewers not really being able to hit the, uh, the LA pitching around at all. Then you know the White Sox got some offense, but not enough to beat the to beat the A's. The Twins didn't do anything on offense, and the Indians you know weren't good enough to beat the Yankees. So of course, all seven National League and American League Central teams that made the playoffs, none of them getting past that's weird. the first round. But. You ready to talk about these uh, divisional rounds? Yeah, let's the... let's start with the Marlins and the Braves. What do you think? I'll go with the Braves to advance. That's who I'll say. I like the pitching, like you said. They they got good arms. I'll give. I'll get them to the Champions League. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that. I like the Braves as well. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Marlins were able to win this series. The Marlins just find a way. Yeah, like, like I didn't said. think the Marlins were gonna be able to beat the Cubs, but. But they dominated them for two games. Their starting pitching surprised me better, much better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, their bullpen was very solid, and and you know guys that weren't guys that normally hit for power. Corey Dickerson, that kind of hitting home runs in the postseason. You know, dude didn't have many home runs and doesn't really hit for power that much in the regular season. But he's hitting home runs in the postseason. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Marlins won. But I agree. I'm taking I'm taking the Braves in this one. Exactly, and then quite possibly your most uh, your most intriguing series of this DS round is going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres fighting fire with fire, and it looks like Mike Clevenger might actually be able to step up for the Padres and pitch in this series. I've got the Padres winning this series. I really do. I think they'll win it in four or five. I'll just say five. Make it a little interesting. It's a fun series, Tatis. Eric Hosmer, they've got the championship DNA, Manny Machado. I mean, a lot of fun on that side. And then the Dodgers side, Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw, who had the great start last last uh, series, like you said. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love El Nino, Fernando, Fernando Tatis Jr. I, I'm a huge fan, but I, I don't think I can pick them in this series just because they're starting pitching and their pitching is going to be too much of a question for me. They aren't going to be able to run nine different pitchers, you know, and, and win this series. And they're just not going to be able to have that happen. If both of their starting pitchers, Mike Clevenger, and I forget what the other guy's name is, were 
I'd pick the Padres. But I can't pick the Padres because those two pitchers are not 100%. And I was not incredibly impressed with their other two starting pitchers in Game 1 and Game 2 of this Cardinals series. Okay. So I have to take the Dodgers. So you've got the Dodgers in Atlanta. I've got Atlanta and the Padres. Very exciting stuff. Of course, we will have more baseball coverage for you next week here on the weekly walkthrough. But uh, that concludes our baseball coverage for now. We'll we'll update you on how the DSs are going uh, next weekend. So... Moving on from the MLB to the NBA, Los Angeles Lakers really surprising nobody here and being up 2-0 in their series over the Miami Heat. LeBron James' first 2-0 lead in a NBA Finals in his NBA career. So, has anything surprised you in this series? Well, not really, especially in game in game two, just because... Well, actually, you know, Game 2 did surprise me a little bit. They kept it really close despite not having Bam Adebayo and not having Dragic. You know, they make up 38% of the points scored for that team every single playoff playoff game. I mean, Dragic is averaging 20 points. Bam's averaging 18 with, you know, 10 rebounds and a few assists and being the defensive anchor for them. So it's that's the one guy you don't want to have not playing against a team that has JaVel McGee, Dwight Howard, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis all going to shoot a lot of layups and dunks, which we've seen a lot of. Anthony Davis has dunked the ball at least 10 times in this series through two games. JaVel McGee, he's played well. Dwight Howard, He's had a ton of dunks. Dwight has played incredible in this He's finals. looking like a little bit like his younger self, to be honest. He's he's looking very athletic. He's always been like that, but this team has just given him that spark to let him do that. And LeBron James just played incredible in game LeBron two James well. is playing like LeBron James plays in the finals. <laughs> it's just not surprising anymore. He's going to play well in the finals. He's going to do it. <laughs> and with Dragic probably out for the whole series, Bam, I think, is going to play game three. He's going to attempt to suit up for game three. We're going to have to see how it goes in warm-ups and everything, but he's going to try. I mean, he's got a next strain and like a shoulder strain right Something along those lines yeah i, mean, I, I knew that upper body I mean, decent decent pain there and you definitely need to be able to move your neck if you're going to play if basketball. you're going to guard anthony davis <laughs> it's going to be tough i'm very i'm interested to see i do think the heat win game three but probably losing this series in five games another gentleman sweep for lebron as he goes on to win a fourth title okay uh, I agree with everything you said. I really haven't been surprised by much this series. I thought the Heat were overmatched. I was hoping they'd win the series, of course, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But it's okay. That is, This is 100% okay for the Heat. Oh, absolutely. Like, Nobody expected them to be here. I mean, and you're talking about a team that's very young. You have a nice mix of veteran pieces with young pieces to help them. That's why this team works so well together. And this series is not over. If Duncan Robinson can start shooting the ball like he did in the Eastern Conference playoffs as opposed to the NBA Finals, we're looking at a different series. I mean, last game was close. We're talking about 10 points. I mean, the Heat played incredible in Game 2. People people don't realize how well the Heat played in Game 2. The Heat played well in Game 2. They, keeping it close without those two players, as you said, is, is good. They kept it what within fifteen for a lot of the a lot of the game. I mean, game. they lost by ten. It was a ten. I'd label it a ten point game throughout. That's what I'd label. it I was going to say when I because I I wasn't completely dialed into that of course because I was watching a little bit of baseball and switching back and forth between the channels. But yeah, no. When I checked it, I was I was surprised that they weren't getting you know blown out by twenty thirty points. But nothing to hang your hat 
head no, down for the heat. Not. I, they they definitely have the pieces to continue to compete. And, and, and they it, might need somebody else big to come in and help out, but uh, but that's just because of how good the West is. And it that's, helps to have a team filled with like guys who literally love to play with each other like like that team is. I would say yeah. So nothing nothing to hang your hat about for the Heat if they if they when they eventually lose this series. Uh but yeah, and then your other big NBA topic for this week was Doc Rivers being hired by the Philadelphia 76ers. Is this a good move or a bad move by Elton Brand, the GM of Philly? And is are the fans going to be happy? Is it going to translate to success on the court because of course under Brett Brown they were looking for more success than they got. As a fan, you'd probably have to be pretty happy, Doc Rivers, championship head coach. But I, I'm leaning more towards saying it's a bad move, and that's because we've seen Doc Rivers throughout the last 12, 13 years, you know, win one title despite all the talent he has had. You know, the KG Celtics, that team we all know should have won more than one title. We all can safely say that that team definitely should have won more Paul than Pierce, one. Rondo, Garnett. And Ray Allen. Yep. And only wins one title with them. And then he gets the Blake Griffins. Milwaukee City Clippers. Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Matt Barnes, J.J. Redick was on that team. A lot of great pieces around that team that should have produced into at least a Western Conference Finals appearance. And it did not especially when they blew the 3-1 lead to Houston and James Harden, a young James Harden at that time. Now he's got Kawhi. Now he's got PG. Well, he had him. And they and they blew the 3-1 lead again, this time to the Denver Nuggets in the, in the bubble. And we just haven't seen enough production out of a Doc Rivers team in recent memory to where I can be like, oh, this is a really good move for Philly. I don't think it's a great move at all. I mean, I think it's a decent move. But it's nowhere near I'm going to label it a good move right away. It could definitely work. But I just don't see it as being the greatest move. And with people like Mike D'Antoni on the market, would you have preferred they hired him? Yes. So you think he's had more he's had more success he, even though he hasn't won titles he's had more he's been getting farther in the postseason okay and with Chris Paul he got farther two and times do you think that they just picked Doc Rivers because they think it might be a better fit for their team um I mean there is a similarity with Ben Simmons and Blake Griffin they kind of play a similar style play I mean obviously Ben Simmons passes the ball and he's a better facilitator but you know, not having a big, tall guy who's really athletic and can't shoot a basketball. I mean, or at least at the time, Ben or Blake Griffin can shoot a lot better now than he used to shoot. He used to just be the dunk guy. Yeah, but with Doc, he was definitely more of yeah, dunk guy, layup guy, things like that. It's, yeah, he wasn't gonna shoot threes and middies and things. Like and then that. my last question for you on the topic of the Philadelphia 76ers is. Will they move a big piece this offseason? Of course, big contracts for Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. Will we see all three of those guys suit up for the Philadelphia 76ers next year, or will Elton Brand move a piece? I think that they're going to try it again. I honestly do. They're all still Trust very, the process. I do think they're still going to trust the process. They might add, like, I would like to see them add a shooter of some kind. Oh, like, wait. They had one. They let him walk. Yes, with JJ. <laughs> they, they've let a lot of shooters walk. That's why they've, they're have they not a very good team. They've, they've let go of all their shooters. 
I mean, that that's more or less the underlying theme. That's why Ben Simmons hasn't really gotten much better, in my opinion, is they've gotten rid of all the shooters around him. That's fair. That's fair. So you think they will not move a big piece and try and bring in a shooter? I do not. Okay. Interesting. Uh, we will, of course, keep posted on the Sixers throughout their offseason and all other NBA news. We will once again discuss next week. But for now, we're going to take a short break. Then we're going to get into previewing your NFL slate for this week and your NFL highlights for the past week. You're listening to the Weekly Walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Indoor baseball, anyone? Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. KCOU shirts are now on sale at Mod Vintage in downtown Columbia. I'll say it again in case you missed it. KCOU t-shirts are now on sale at Mod Vintage in downtown Columbia. All right, one more time. Just wanted to make sure you heard. Turn up the volume on your radios for a quick second. KCOU t-shirts now on sale at Mod Vintage. So why are you still listening to the radio? You should be going to... Wait, actually, no. Keep keep listening. But also, the t-shirts are pretty cool. I, I think you should get them. We good? Great. Superman! Man, am I glad to see you! What are you doing on this deserted road? Some guys from school drove out here and we're gonna start fooling around with drugs. When I told them all drugs do is mess up your head and get you in a lot of trouble, they kicked me out of the van and drove off. You're right not to get involved in the drug scene. Nobody with any sense wants any part of it. How do I get home? That's no problem at all. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her head Welcome back to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. It is now 11.42 a.m., which means you're just 18 minutes away from your NFL slate starting uh, on the networks of, you know, Fox and CBS. So, an exciting day in football today, but before we get to that, we're going to talk about the game that got postponed. Cam Newton tested positive for COVID-19 yesterday right before the New England Patriots were supposed to travel to Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City uh, practice squad quarterback Jordan Tamu also tested positive for the virus, but both teams tested everybody again throughout the day yesterday and today with no more positive tests. The game will now be played on Monday night, creating a Monday night doubleheader. Uh, The question is, should they play this week? Is it a good move to play this week? What do you think? It's an interesting move. I I mean, now that all the tests have gone back now, I definitely think it is safe just because every player also came back negative. So I guess it's a it's good to go. I, I don't know. I'm not so, a scientist. My opinion on it is as long as nobody else tests positive, it's fine. But if one other player on either of these teams tests positive before the game, it should be postponed because... Right now it's isolated, but if there's any chance and anybody else tests positive that it's not an isolated case for each team, then this could become a big problem if they are playing. And you're seeing it with the Titans, who now have 18 players and staff in in quarantine after testing positive. And now not only did they have to cancel their game against the Steelers this week and push it back, 
there is now talk about what will happen with the Buffalo Bills next week because uh, because they're still testing positive in Tennessee and they can't play a game if they are you know continuing to test positive. So what do you think is going on exactly with the Titans and how their schedule is going to shake out for the rest of this year? It's going to be tough. I mean, they keep getting positive tests. I mean, I don't know what exactly. They're just going to have to wait a little bit. But it's tough with an NFL season that just keeps on going in their set schedules and things like that. I mean, they've found a way to work around it, I believe. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. That we will. We will see what happens okay of course we have now started to track how we are doing with our picks this season uh last week i did take the victory going 10 4 and 1 of course neither of us predict projected that the eagles were going to play to a tie last week nick going two games worse than i did at 8 6 and 1 we'll keep track we'll add them up we'll we'll get back to you next week on how we are doing with our picks for the nfl season any other nfl storylines that you are looking for going into today's games because you know, there's a lot going on. Nick Foles now the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Uh, all that because of the Saints dealing with a lot of injuries in their game against the Lions. No, I don't. I don't have anything. <laughs> Chase Young's out. That's Chase what I Young know. is out. Okay, actually, before we get into this week's games, let's talk a little bit about the Broncos and the Jets. Melvin Gordon rumbling for a big day for the Broncos, and then Sam Darnold and the Jets falling to zero and four. Is it time for the Jets to get rid of Adam Gase as their head coach? I would say it's time for a switch just because it does seem a little dysfunctional there. They do give up a lot of penalties. They're not a very disciplined football team. They have not shown any signs of life as just be as just a better tomorrow. Do you want the switch to happen like now, like midseason? I don't know if that's necessary. I would say at least at the end of the year if things don't get better. I was gonna say, of course, Brett Ripon getting the victory for the Broncos as the starting quarterback in and yes, Sam Darnold did have did have a great run in that game. And say all credit to him, and he did also end up getting injured in that in that football game. So Sam Darnold, I don't think Sam Darnold's the problem. <laughs> I definitely don't think Sam Darnold is the problem. But yeah, no, say they did take down, or the Broncos did take them down in New York. All right, let's go on to the slate for games this week. Baltimore Ravens at two and one taking on the Washington Football Team at one and two in Washington. I'm definitely taking the Ravens. They probably went on the spread, too, of minus 14. I'm going to agree with you completely. Baltimore, coming off that loss to Kansas City last week, is going to be out for blood this week. And I, I think, you know, Washington will be lucky to get out of there within three scores. Um, the 1-2 and two Chargers taking on the 2-1 and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. I see the Bucks taking that game as well. Going to agree with you again. Uh, I'm also taking the Bucks. I think Tom and his weapons will be too much for the Chargers. Although, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Justin Herbert can do. Uh, I again. could definitely see the Chargers winning. The 3-0 and Seahawks travel down to South Florida to take on the 1-2 and Dolphins. I think we're both picking the Seahawks. Russell Wilson's too good. Russell Wilson, quite good. I'm also taking the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, no, this Dolphins team is not is not horrible though. No, they aren't. They weren't horrible last year. I mean, they were bad, but they weren't horrible. This is gonna. This is one let's talk about a little bit. This next game, we got the zero and three Vikings heading to Houston to take on the zero and three Texans. I would say someone's zero has to go, but last week was you know a prime example of a tie making making I both it. of those I team ends with zeros still. 
I get the point. I, I'm taking the Vikings. Captain Kirk, he's riding the ship today. Dalvin Cook's going to have a great day. It's going to be fun. Really? It's going to be a fun day for the Vikes. Really? Yes. I'm taking Houston in this game. We're going to disagree for the first time today. And and here's why. Deshaun Watson is going to refuse to let this team go to 0-4 today. Deshaun Watson is going to, you know, win this football game by himself pretty much for the Texans. We're going to find out. We are. We are. We are going to see at noon. But, uh, you know, he he is a much better quarterback than 0-3. And obviously part of that is due to the loss of DeAndre Hopkins, which we're going to keep talking about all season, of course. With well, Kirk Texans lost team. Stephon Diggs. Correct. But I think we can both agree that Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. I don't know. Get what do you mean the, you don't know? I don't know. Kirk is underrated. I'm telling Why? you right now, Kirk is underrated. You disrespect Kirk too much for me. It's too much. What does he do besides beat the Saints? What does he do besides beat the Saints? Deshaun can't beat the Saints. Okay. So that's something he does better than Deshaun Watson. Bang. GG's. Let's move I was going to say, what does Kirk Cousins do to, to impress you? He plays well. He played well last year. We've looked at the numbers. Not We had looked at the numbers against winning teams, too. He didn't get it done except for teams named the New Orleans Saints. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, well. All right, speaking of the New Orleans Saints, they take on the one and two Lions up in the Motor City. I've got Detroit winning this game. I think Detroit is a very underrated football team led by Matthew Stafford. The Saints are dealing with a lot of injuries, most notably Michael Thomas. And the Marshawn Lions, Lattimore's out today too, I think. Lions are getting it done today. I am gonna agree with you again. I'm what? taking I'm no, taking Detroit. You can't take That's my Detroit. upset of the week. It's on the thing. <laughs> I'm taking disgusting. Detroit. I'm taking Detroit. Next game. You know, Kenny Galladay is gonna overpower that secondary today. The two and one Browns and the one and two Dallas Cowboys from Jerry World down in Arlington. I've got the Browns taking this game. I think Jarvis. Jarvis and Odell, they're going to be too much for the Cowboys secondary. I'll take the boys. I'll take I'll take Dallas. I'll take Dak and and Amari and CD, Zeke and and those weapons are going to be able to get it done over Cleveland. Unfortunately, because I'd, I'd like to see Cleveland win some more games this season. But uh, the one and two Jaguars versus the O two and one Bengals. I think Joe Burrow gets his first win today. I there you do. Go. I, I think he gets his first win today. I'll disagree with you, and I will pick Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. The 2-1 and one Cardinals taking on the 1-2 and two Panthers from Carolina. I'm taking mm. the Cardinals. I'm taking the Cardinals after losing last week in a close one. They're not going to lose this week. I did predict them. I'll pick, I'll pick the Panthers. I'll pick the Panthers. Though I could see. The, that's a very tough matchup. I'm taking the Cardinals. Uh, okay. Actually, oh, I'll take the Cardinals, too. I'm going to take the Cardinals, too. Okay. Sorry. I'm okay. Taking the Cardinals. The 0-3 Giants travel to the Rams in SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The Rams are winning this game. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. The 3-0 and Bills travel to Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders in that brand-new, beautiful stadium they have out there. Give me... <laughs> I'm taking Josh Allen. Give me the Raiders. Give me the Raiders. I see Derek Carr getting it done today in that new beautiful stadium they have. Yes. 
The 2-1 Colts, led by Phillip Rivers, head to Chicago to take on the undefeated Chicago Bears. Now start Nick, Col- Nick Foles, now the starting quarterback there, of course. So the first start of the Nick Foles era for the Bears. I'm taking the Bears because... I have to. <laughs> I'm taking the Bears as well, but I could certain. I'm very excited for this for that uh, O line matchup. Of course, that game was flexed into the 325 spot. Now that the Chiefs and Patriots was postponed to Monday night, the O2. Wow, this is really the Sunday night game. The O2 and one Eagles head to Levi's Stadium in California to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Call me crazy. But Carson Wentz gets it done. Absolutely not. I'm taking the 49ers. Carson Wentz is going to get it done. And then, really? Carson Wentz is going to get it done? Really? Do you think Carson Wentz sucks too? No, I don't think Carson Wentz sucks. I just don't think he's going to beat the 49ers this week. Okay. Then the 0-3 Falcons. Please don't pick the Falcons. Go to Green Bay to take on the Packers on Monday Night Football. Please, please. Please, for your own health. I'm going with the Rodgers. I'll go with Thank the Packers. He, I'm also taking the Packers. I've got Aaron on my fantasy team. He's going to put up a ton of points Say, on Monday. Please, night. please, please do not pick the Falcons this week. I do hope week. Calvin Ridley plays, though. I do. It's an interesting one. Waiting Keep- for Monday night to sub out a matchup. Oh, and then I forgot because it's not on here. The, the Chiefs are taking on the Patriots. That game's in Kansas City this year, correct? Yes, I believe so. I'm not for certain, though. It is. It is. It is. So, Arrowhead. Arrowhead. uh, Patriots. Of course, you're taking the Chiefs. I am am taking the Chiefs. I think, especially with Cam Newton being out, I think that's a very smart move. I I would love to take the Patriots in this game just to disagree with you, but I can't rightfully do it. I can't. Okay. (laughs) And then we do have Thursday night football for next week because we have been forgetting to predict that because we are on Sundays. You got Tampa Bay and Chicago, Tom and Nick Foles. I'm taking the Bears again. Now, no disrespect to the Bears, but four and one's a great start. I got Tampa Bay winning that Week Five matchup. You ready to get into your moment of the week? My moment of the week is Fernando Tatis Jr. multi-homer game, game two of that wild card series against St. Louis. The man's exciting. He's so much fun to watch play baseball day in and day out. I'm very excited that he is still in, and we will get to see him with a five-game series against the Dodgers. And mine is Shane Bouchelle, the former Texas quarterback number one. He now plays for SMU, and he pulled off the upset. They over, did. I watched that game. Over BYU. Memphis. Over Memphis? Memphis. Memphis, yeah. I got BYU mixed up with my mm-hmm. upset pick that got horribly wrong last week with La Tech. And, yeah, my upset my upset of the week. Or but with Shane Bouchelle, just a great performance. Good to see him getting back on his feet. SMU undefeated through their games thus far this season. My upset of the week is Miami Heat winning game three. I don't see them going down 3-0. This team has too much pride. And they are a great team, and great teams do not get swept. There you go. Uh, my upset of the week, uh, I already said it. It was the, uh, the Lions over the Saints. We discussed that earlier. Uh, what to watch for this week? Who are you thinking? I'm saying LeBron James winning his fourth title, winning it in five games. And that's just, you know, appreciating his greatness more so than anything. Him winning his fourth title with all the accomplishments he's already had in the league thus far, and he's continuing to compete at this high level, it's something to respect. 
and really appreciate. Absolutely, and as I already said, I'm, I'm watching the Padres-Dodgers this week. Come on now. That's going to be a great baseball series. That's going to be one of the most exciting series of this postseason for sure. So I'm very much looking forward to that game. We'd like to thank you for listening here to the to the weekly walk here on KCOU. And that's about all the time we have for today. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Weekly Walk KCOU. And we will have the show up on Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts this afternoon. So once again, thank you for listening to us wherever you're listening from. Uh, and uh, have a great rest of your week. Uh, that's it. You've been listening to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia.